You are listening to Amplify Your Success Podcast, episode 230. And today I'm talking with two rock stars in the podcast industry. They're going to reveal how a podcast can literally transform your business by getting more clients, more referrals, and more strategic partnerships. I can't wait to share this with you. Let's get started. Welcome to the Amplify Your Success Podcast. Get ready to ramp up your revenue, amplify your impact, and make your mark in the world. This is the show for experts, thought leaders, and service professionals who want to shatter their limits and achieve that next level. You're going to find out from other experts and influencers how they made it. Now, let's get Amplified. Hey there, inspired entrepreneurs and business leaders. It's your host, Melanie Benson, authority amplifier for experts building a highly profitable business. And today I'm talking with a couple friends of mine and I've known John for a long time. I've just gotten to know Jeremy. These two are rock stars when it comes to leveraging the power of podcasting. I can't wait to get inside their heads and share with you how they're using podcasts. And I really like to keep the spotlight on my guests during the interview, but let me give you my two cents before we drop into this conversation. Having a podcast revolutionizes your business. It's why when I'm working with people in the Amplify Mastermind, it's one of the five pillars that I help them leverage. And one of the things in particular is You know, we think you're going to get clients and leads, which is a huge favorite of mine. I guessed on other people's podcasts to do that. But one of the best reasons to start a podcast is to be known. It's a visibility elevation technique. And I know there's 2 million podcasts out there. You might be thinking, is there room for one more? Let me tell you why I want you to consider starting your podcast this year, whether you're doing it as a video show and then cross-purposing that to the audio platform for podcasting. I don't care how you get there, but having a podcast gives you authority. It's one of my favorite techniques to get you there. Now, using a platform like podcasting or Clubhouse or however you're going to get there is great, but you do have to have eight key components in place to profit from building your authority. And if you don't have this in place, we can get you visible all day long, but it's not really going to pay off the way you're hoping. It's going to start feeling like a lot of work for very little results. I've put together a guide. I'm offering it free right now. It's my eight steps to becoming a highly paid authority. And inside that guide, I peel back what pillars you need to have in place, what components have to be in your business so that when you're driving all this visibility, and yes, visibility is one of them, that you're actually able to transform that visibility into highly paying clients. So if you'd like to get a copy of that, head over right now to authorityamplifier.com. That's authorityamplifier.com. I will link it up in the show notes. Get it read it, pick at least one to put into action. Okay, now let's deep dive into podcasts. I'm really excited to share my guests, John Kokorin and Jeremy Wise. Welcome back, Amplifiers. I'm excited for today's session with two of my friends, and it's all about how to get more clients, referrals, and strategic partnerships using your podcast. Now, I'm going to introduce you to Dr. Jeremy Wise and John Kokorin. They are co-founders of Rise 25. 
a company whose mission it is to help your business connect you to ideal prospects, referral partners, and strategic partners, all using a done-for-you podcast. And here's what I love about the way they do podcasts. It's all about the return on investment. Now, they have both been in podcasting collectively for 20 years. And they don't just do any kind of podcasting. It's all about focusing on high caliber high caliber referral partners, clients, and strategic partners, and industry influencers without the heavy selling. Now, a couple little tidbits about each of them. Uh, Dr. Jeremy Wise, he, in addition to running Rise 25, has been featuring top entrepreneurs with video interviews since 2010 with people like uh, you know, the CEO of P90X, Atari, Einstein Bagels, the Orlando Magic, RX Bars, you know, just a few to name drop a little bit. And John is a recovering attorney and attorney. <laughs> He's a recovering <laughs> attorney, a writer, an author, father of four, and a former Clinton White House writer and speechwriter to the governor of California. And he's been the host of Smart Business Revolution podcast since 2012, interviewing hundreds of CEOs and big names like Pierre Diamandis, Gary Vaynerchuk, Marie Forleo, and of course, me, which is where I think we originally met, right, John? The most important person. I believe, I believe of course, so. yes. yes. of course. <laughs> of course. Well, and I asked John and Jeremy to come together because I really think that uh, operating as a partnership is a unique talent set. And when we think about running this kind of business and learning about how podcasting, this is something they really have learned to do, balancing both of their strengths. So I thought it'd be a unique take on something that we've had a few conversations about, which is podcasting. So thanks for being willing to both of you come together. Our pleasure. Thank you. So um, before we get into podcasting, one of the things that's been on my mind is why do you think partnering up has been valuable for you in the business model you both have created? Uh, oh, man. So I'll just jump in on this. So, you know, Jeremy and I both ran our own businesses for many years. And it, it's funny because I didn't I wasn't going out searching for a partner. Um, Jeremy and I were both going to a conference and he contacted me. We'd connected through podcasting, of course, contacted me a couple of weeks beforehand and said, hey, do you want to do a little mastermind beforehand? And I was really busy at the time. So I was, you know, like, I don't, I don't know, you know, in testament, testament to his powers of persuasion, he persuaded me to do it. And we did it and I had a lot of fun. So we just kind of kept on going. And we've been in business partners ever since. And what does it give you? I mean, I am such a better uh, business uh, person uh, because of my, my business partner, Jeremy. I learn from him every day. Um, and we, it's definitely a case where one plus one equals a hundred. Um, we've been able to do just so much more. Um, you know, we, we constantly are, are kind of refining ideas and, and processes and everything. And it just, it makes everything so much stronger, um, greater clarity of vision. We think through things more thoroughly, sometimes too thoroughly, I guess, because <laughs> you're talking to a guy who's a lawyer and a doctor. We have a lot of years of advanced schooling between the two of us. Um, but yeah, it's it's a tremendous asset, uh, and that that's why I think I I really enjoy it. And it's just great to also go through the journey together, you know, and be able to reflect back and set big goals um, and and try and achieve them together. Yeah, I mean, I think Melanie, for me, it's, I mean, it's it is a marriage. I mean, it's not even like a marriage. 
It is. A, it's like a business marriage. And so a lot of thought has to go into it. But like John said, it kind of just, it just, we started doing events every three months together. And then after over a year, we're like, maybe we should turn this into a business. Maybe we should actually formalize this. So it was kind of like the dating period. Um, and so it's really important because it's hugely beneficial when you have the, it's the same thing with marriage, probably. If you have the right partner, when you don't, it could be a nightmare. Right. And you know, I, I joke with my wife. I'm like, I found, she's like, you found your ideal match with John. You know, he works really, really hard. Like you do. He's really smart. You know, he balances you out a little bit. Um, and it was funny, Melanie, I was on this exercise with uh, a founder group the other day. And the exercise was they, you know, there was, uh, you are the yacht sinking and you, uh, have four, you have a lifeboat and you could take 15 items which items do you take to survive when this yacht goes down with four other people? And you're, you rank the things that you would take out of this list of 15. And then you have the group, you get with your group and then you gr collectively what you would rank. Well, if I just ranked my own, I probably would have died at sea, but with <laughs> the group, um, actually we, we collectively thought about things and strategized in and collaborated in ways that we can't do individually, you know, and, and we got, we actually, you know, we're in the green of like, yes, you will survive. So I think it gives you that um, growth in, in not just survival, but growth when you have a, a partnership to, to bounce things off of and, and enroll in the right, in the same direction. So spot quiz. Let's see how well you guys know each other in this marriage. Who, uh -oh. who is the one that books more clients onto the podcast? Books more clients onto the podcast. Probably, probably Jeremy because he is say. he Jeremy is a, just an amazing giver and relationship builder and uh, works a hundred hours a week and um, yeah and and is the most persuasive salesperson who you wouldn't think is selling you, uh, you've ever met. Hmm. Okay, so that was gonna be my next question. Uh, pop quiz number two, who enrolls more of the clients from your podcast interviews into becoming clients for your podcast creation business? Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd say the same. Yeah, same thing. Jeremy, I think for sure. Jeremy, you're the rock star. <laughs> so John, it's like, it's like this Melanie. It's like, you know, there's, you know, in baseball, there's starters and closers, you know? Yes. And so I don't know. So we, we combine as a team effort. So I, you know, maybe we have different roles as far as starting the conversation, but you know, we play different roles in that, in that journey, you could say, and, and to the persuasive salesperson that could be looked on as a negative thing, I think. But, um, when you're looking at the best interest of the other person and how it could benefit them, it's, it's not hard. You know what I mean? You're looking at how to give to them. So it's not really, I don't consider it selling. I consider it giving someone what they're looking for and what they want ultimately. Yeah. Well, and, you, you know, can't honestly, just roll somebody with, that doesn't have a problem, right? You have to, they have to, you yeah. have to be able to solve their problem. Totally. Totally. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, and honestly, you know, I often say that your biggest strength often becomes your biggest bottleneck, eventually becomes your biggest bottleneck. And, you know, we're both pretty good at selling, I believe, but, you know, um, 
you know, then you get to a point where you got to move beyond that, you know, and you got to take things off your plate. You know, for, for me, many years that was writing, I'm, I'm good at writing and I had trouble delegating it. Uh, you know, we've gotten to the point where now we have a team of writers. We just hired five more writers working for us. So I've moved beyond that, but, you know, eventually you have to move past that point. So, you know, but these are, these are challenges that you, you face head on. The other thing between Jeremy and I is like, there'll be times when, you know, one of us is working behind the scenes, not actively selling because other pieces of the business need to be done, like systematizing and creating a process or training a new staff or different things like that. And I think we do a pretty good job of dividing up on those duties. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Love it. That really is, I think, one of the success moments for a partnership is when you can really divide and conquer and own the roles so that you're not crossing over on each other all the time. Yeah. I think, yeah, Melanie, and- though, it's pure numbers. Like if I maybe have... 15 conversations with people. It's not even that I bring more people. I just probably maybe talk to more people in general, just on average. Uh, so that, that would probably be the reason why not necessarily I'm any better at, at doing something. Got it. Well, uh, I could dig into that one forever, but what I really have been super curious about, and I've been excited to have this conversation because I think this is something you both do super well in the podcasting market is you one of your specialties is helping people design a podcast that's actually getting a return on investment. Maybe one of you guys could share a little bit about how does that actually look when you're working with a client? Yeah, so um, the, the the reason for that, let's go into the, kind of the backstory. The reason for that is, you know, we've both been podcasting for a, lo- a long time. He and I both started around the same time, coincidentally, about 10 years ago. And the number one reason that we've seen people over the years start a podcast and stop or quit doing it after six months or 12 months or whatever is because they're not getting a return. They're not getting results. They're not getting clients or referrals or some kind of concrete result in the door that is going to motivate them to keep going. And so as a result, they, they move on to something else. They chase some other shiny object. So as a consequence of that, we believe that it is critically important in order for you to do this the long term and reap the substantial benefits that we've both been able to uh, reap over the years and build your network and connect with amazing people, you need to get a return. You need to get results. You need to get referrals or clients in the door. And that doesn't mean that you're manipulating people. It doesn't mean that you're trying to shove people into your programs or selling the products or anything like that. You should be building relationships with them, but it is critically important. So that's why we are really diligent about that. We're really adamant about that. That's why we only work with B2B clients. We don't work with passion projects. We don't work on, you know, uh, you know, uh, you know, just a kind of hobby podcast and stuff like that, because that doesn't float our boat. And also those types of shows don't tend to last very long. Yeah. So it's really important. But to answer your question, how do you get a return on that? You need to be really intentional and strategic and deliberate when you design your show about who you're going to be using it to connect with, who you're going to be using it to deepen a relationship with, and importantly, how you're going to take that relationship further so you don't just drop the relationship after the interview, but you actually keep on going with it. Jeremy, I'll let you add anything I forgot. Yeah, no, I think that that's you said it well, and it, it comes down to the foundational piece, which is who do you have on your podcast? Who do you want to build relationships with? And so we kind of break it down, and there's five steps that we feel are to have a profitable podcast. And, and Melanie, the thing is when people come to us, sometimes they do have a business, but they go, you know, I just want to start a podcast. It's just a passion of mine. And we kind of take their frame, their thinking of, yeah, it's a passion, but 
ultimately you're going to stop doing it if you don't make sure it has makes sense strategically for your business. And so there's five things that we recommend doing kind of in this order, which is the foundational piece, which is create your dream 100. You know, so usually when we're working with someone, we go through 17 different categories of um, referral partners, collaboration partners, and clients, potential clients um, in that dream 100. And the second is actually reaching out. You know, it's very, it sounds simple. And, and you mentioned a couple of the guests I've had on, you know, RX bar, the founder of Atari P90X and people are like, how'd you get them on? And, and the answer is like, I, I emailed them. I mean, it's a little more complicated than that, but really not that much more complicated. Obviously you have a well-crafted email, but it's really just reaching out to people. And the next piece is about producing the amazing content around the podcast. And then like John said, it's continuously building that relationship. So giving to that guest and, and basically furthering that relationship and turning your guests into real relationships by giving to them and profiling them. So that's it, but it starts with that foundational piece. Hmm. So one of the things I know about people, and I work with a lot of the people that are are building a business around their talent. So it might be something that they're passion driven. It could be something that they've learned over the years. And when we've talked about like having their own podcast, they get a little tripped up about, well, how would I actually even start this conversation with a guest that would lead to them being a, a client? Have you found that there's a particular approach that doesn't feel slimy and sleazy, which I think is what everybody gets tripped up over, but actually really leads to a good conversation that makes them a good prospect. Hey, Jeremy, you want to start yes. that one? I mean, it comes back into the thought process of in your mind, are you thinking, how am I going to sell this person on my service? Or the way I think about it is how can I give to this person? Right. And if you, first of all, if you're the right guest, like a referral partner or a collaborative partner, it nat that stuff naturally happens. Again, if you put your service in front of someone, let's say you are, you know, a consultant to, to lawyers and you have other lawyers on your podcast as opposed to comedians, well, you're gonna, it's gonna more likely lead to a client or a referral partnership. But I think of how do you give to that person? So I would reframe that, whoever's thinking that is. How do you give to that person? Well, you can't, first of all, you're giving them by having them on the podcast. Then you're promoting it. You know, when you have the podcast, you promote it across, you know, 15 plus different channels. Um, and when I'm talking to someone, I see, like I was just on the phone with someone uh, an hour ago and I was just researching, you know, looking at their website in the research. And I basically just made some suggestions and nothing to do with our service, by the way, Melanie. I was just like, have you thought about, I go, your website, you don't even have a capture on your website. Also, your tagline doesn't draw me in. I was being, you know, nice about it, but I was just giving them really some some suggestions on how they can improve their client, their customer experience from their website. And they're like, oh Jeremy, I go, do you want me, you know, let's have a further conversation about that. So I'm often giving advice or suggestions that is going to help them that may have nothing to do with our service and offering introductions. You know, John, if you want to take that, but you know, just delivering value. 
is, yeah. is really where it goes. So I think that's really the core of it is selecting the right person. So you have the right person, someone who you connect with, you want to build a relationship with, keeping the focus and the spotlight on them, highlighting the things that they do. And then, yeah, as Jeremy mentioned, taking it further. So how can you take that relationship further? And it doesn't have to be related to your vocation. So it doesn't have to be immediately, I'm going to, you know, if I'm a CFO, I'm going to dive into your books and start giving you feedback on how to improve your cash flow. But although it could be, it could be something completely unrelated. It could be just delivering value to them, giving them some advice, as Jeremy said, on something not necessarily related to the work that you do, or we love making introductions. You know, the best way to grow your network is and to get introductions is by you making introductions yourself. And I guarantee you, even if you don't feel like you have a great network, there's probably two people in your network who would really benefit tremendously from knowing one another. And when you make introductions for people, you will get other people who will re want, want to repay the favor. So that oftentimes that's one of the first things we're doing after we have a guest on a podcast is I, I've gotten to know that person a little bit better. I know what their needs are, what their challenges are. And I, I will offer to introduce them to someone else in my network who they would benefit from knowing. And when they do benefit from that, then people are tremendously grateful and they want to repay the faith. Yeah. They, they will pay it forward with additional referrals and, and introductions and things like that, that really move the needle for your business. Hmm, good point. You know, uh, as I was listening to you, I know you guys look at several ways to return on to get a return on investment. And this is a brilliant one. Like this is my favorite. But is there anything else that someone should consider beyond just like the type of guests they're getting and really, you know, building a relationship and looking at referrals or strategic alliances or maybe even them becoming a client? For the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we for the just podcast. Did, John, I don't know if you want to take this, but you know, the, if you want to talk about the professional development part, yeah, so hiring part, that's, that's a good one. And I also want to tackle the issue of advertising because this is a common assumption people have, um, you know, people come into podcasting, they kind of think of it in an old school media, you know, kind of approach, um, you know, like you're going to build a big audience and you're going to sell ads or sponsorships and stuff like that. And th the thing is these days, it's harder and harder to do that in the podcasting market. There's a lot of, you know, people have been doing it for 10 plus years. So they have a huge head start on you. And there's a lot of large media companies like NPR, ESPN, CBS, you name it, that are getting into podcasting. And the only way that they have to make money from podcasting is through advertising. And so they throw a lot of money at maximizing their downloads and subscribers so that they can make money from advertising. So you, if you want to compete in that end of the pool, good luck to you, right? But if you have a profitable B2B business and you want to compete in the other side of the, of the pool and use it as a tool for business development, for connecting with referral partners, strategic partners, stuff like that, it can be wildly profitable, way more profitable than you know selling an ad to GoDaddy for five bucks or 10 bucks or whatever it is. So that's what I say to people generally on the advertising piece. On the professional, what Jeremy was alluding to, you know, a podcast is a tremendous tool, not just for creating content and for networking, but for personal and professional development. Some of the best insights that I and Jeremy have had over the years for our business is from talking to incredibly smart people, being able to ask them questions. So, you know, one objection people often have to starting a podcast is, oh, I need to figure out my market or I need to figure out my niche or I need to figure out my business. And they think that they're going to suddenly be able to figure that out. And then they're going to be able to start a podcast. I say, no, you know, start the podcast even before you feel like you're ready, because it will give you license to reach out to incredibly smart people 
people that you can learn from. And those insights will help you to make pivots, make iterations, make changes, you know, develop new products, all those sorts of things that are crucial in the world of business. And so that's why I say that the podcast will help you to get to that point. So that's another way that you can derive value from doing a podcast. And if there's Mm -hmm. a combination, Melanie, between there's a referral collaboration partnership and research that you're doing, for instance, when we are looking at a, uh, a course creation software that we're using, well, we are looking at it and like, oh, all those people, you know, I think they have businesses that we believe everyone who has a business should have a podcast. And so the course creation software is, it could be a good, really a collaboration partner, referral partner. And, and we are also looking for the software. So I remember having, you know, the founder of Thinkific on my podcast. And as we were trying to see which platform we should use, in addition to just building a relationship, it helped us do research on actual, the the people behind the company as well. So there's a lot of ways you can use a podcast that just helps with what you're making decisions to use, what software to use or companies to hire for your business. Mm, That's a great point. I love that. You know, so podcasts, in the industry, it's growing exponentially. We all know, like when we started this journey, because both all of us have had podcasts for several years now, um, where it's at today, I'm seeing an extraordinary amount of pod fade, where people who had this excitement to get a podcast out now don't. And from my experience, when people come to me and they're like, well, I'm not making any money with my podcast, what should I do? How would you answer that question? Like so people aren't seeing the results they hoped for with their podcast. What's the what's the recovery step or or your advice to them? Jeremy. Yeah, I mean it goes back to the foundation and and we believe with a podcast with anything in a business um you know we tell the people that we work with two things. One, we want you developing the relationship and running your business. So a lot of times people just need to do two things. They need to delegate a bunch of the stuff off of their plate because it's taking their time and maybe they're not seeing an ROI because they need to focus in on delegating things off their plate. And number two, going back to to the fundamentals, which is the first step of the, what we say, the five-step ways to profit is, are you having the right guests on, right? And we go back to that fundamental because I'm going to guess in most instances that either they aren't having the right guest on or their follow-up on that guest is not good. Um, and that goes back to, if you're doing all this stuff, you'd maybe like, I'm doing so much already, Jeremy, I can't do, well, you need to delegate a bunch of the stuff off of your plate so that you can focus on the relationship, which is having the right guests on and making sure you're giving to them and following up with them. So it usually for me goes back to those two fundamental steps. And then on the flip side, let's say they are doing those things. Well, do you have an offering, like what is your offering like? Do you have an offering that is you know, product market fit to your market? So when you are delivering it, what's the percentage that people are like, yo, that sounds amazing or saying that's not for me. So John, I'll let you, I don't know if there's anything you want to add. I to think that. you hit the nail on the head on that answer. <laughs> that was pretty much it. You know, there's another issue is sometimes people come to us and they've just gone and tried to feature like the most notable people they can. And so mm-hmm. they, 
they interview the VIPs in their field and it doesn't do anything for those people to be on the 500th podcast, you know? So oftentimes going to people who haven't been on a podcast before, you know, maybe they have amazing stories that you can share with the world that can really make a big difference is, is just going to a different type of, of clientele as well. And just being consistent about it too, you know, um, you know, I wasn't consistent about five years ago after Jeremy and I became business partners. I one year I only put out seven episodes because I was too stuck in the weeds. Just what Jeremy said a second ago. And I said, Jeremy, you got to help me with this. You got to help me to get this off my plates. He, he helped me completely re redesign the way that I focused my energy with the podcast. And the very next year, I put out 52 episodes instead of seven. And I'll guarantee you it took less time than doing the seven episodes because I wasn't stuck in the weeds on it and I was focusing my energy on the right thing. So when, when you focus your energy on the right things, it makes a huge impact. We have one client who came to us recently and he's got like a, you know, multiple seven figure business. He's doing really well, but he was totally stuck in the weeds. It took him over five hours after a podcast interview was recorded of his own time, even though he delegated some of the pieces, he was just spending his time in the wrong things. And we said for that amount of time, we can quadruple the number of episodes that you're putting out. And more importantly, we're going to quadruple the number of relationships you're building. We're also going to steer you to be building relationships with the right type of people, not the wrong types of people. The people that are going to actually lead to possible referral partnerships and collaborations for your business. As a result, you're going to get business in the door, which is going to motivate you to spend time and keep going with the podcast. So it's really about a combination of different factors that leads to better results and leads to people not pod fading, as you mentioned. So this brings up a last question that I think is super important. And you've, you've brought up several times how important the, the right guests are for a podcast. So let's say someone doesn't really know who those right guests are. Should they hire someone or is that something you guys help them with? Like, how do they get clear on that stuff? Yeah, it's actually the very first thing that we do when we work with clients is talking through that piece because it's funny, you know, people will spend 12 hours researching what microphone they should buy and they will spend zero time <laughs> thinking through who are the types of people that they should be featuring on their show, even though that will dramatically impact how their network grows and the people they're, con they're connecting with. So it is critically important that you do that. You take the time to think through who are the right people for for my show and that you also be proactive and deliberate about it and intentional and you go out and you you actually be proactive about reaching out to your existing network asking for introductions to other people oftentimes i see people make a mistake of they get a little traction they've been doing the podcast for three months and then ooh, pr people are emailing me and they're they're pitching their guests their their clients to be a guest on my show and oh isn't this easy i can just take those incoming solicitations and and i made that mistake you know but those people are not the right types of people for you in most instances. The PR person's just no offense to them, but they're just trying to get their client some exposure. But that doesn't mean it's the right type of person that you should be building a relationship with. So you really need to think that through. You need to stick to your guns, be disciplined, be featuring your champions, your referral partners, people who already know, like, and love you. Those are the people you should be featuring on your show. And then after you feature them, you should be asking them, hey, who in your network should I also show some love to by featuring them on my on my show as well? I would love to do that. And who do you who do you recommend? That's a much better use of your time. That's a great yeah. way to bring that referrals piece in too. And um, you know, just to piggyback on that, you know, we start everyone with a Dream One Hundred Blueprint session where we map this out a twelve month plan. But just to give you an idea, so under the 
what type of guests, there's a whole thing that we actually walk them through in, in roadmap it with them with specific names, but for people to think about categories, Melanie. So we kind of categorize them in a, I mean, there's 17 different categories, but I'll give you an example four so people can start to think about it. One would be that referral partner or collaborative partner. You know, do they fall under that? Two, do they fall under a current client? Sometimes we neglect our current, the people who love us the most, feature your current clients. Uh, fourth is a potential client. And fifth is, or, or th this third, and then fourth is the one that John mentioned in the beginning, which is who are the biggest authorities in the space? And that's only one. And those are great for authority, right? Great for social proof, but they may not lead to them directly referring because they're already so busy. So that it is one category, but you people kind of go off the deep end and, and focus more on that than the other three. Hmm, good point. Well, this is really insightful. And I know that people listening in, especially if they've been thinking about starting a podcast or maybe their podcast isn't working the way they're wanting it to, they're, you know, or they're they love this idea of getting referrals and strategic partners from the people they're interviewing. Where can people find out more about how you help them really build a good return on investment strategy to get those referrals and strategic partners going? Yeah, they can go to our website, rise25media.com. Uh, they can reach out through the website that way, connect with us on LinkedIn. We're both active on LinkedIn as well. Um, we've got a training. If you go directly to our website uh, about how to create a referral and client pipeline for any business, which you can do using a podcast, we're huge advocates of it. By the way, I say this all the time. You know, we are only one business. We can only help so many clients and we are also huge evangelists for the medium. So I say to people, even if we can't help them because we're busy with other clients or if it's not a fit or whatever, you should start a podcast no matter what, because it will bring tremendous you know, value to your life. So, you know, uh, hopefully a little bit of what we said today will inspire you to do that, whether we ever work together or not. Um, and go ahead and check out that training. I'm sure it'll help you kind of think through some of these different ideas we've talked about. Yeah. And I'll make sure that both of their LinkedIn profiles are in the show notes for you, as well as the link to their training and their website. So if you are scrambling for a pen and can't get it written down fast enough. Uh, I'll make sure it's all linked up for you in the show notes. So guys, I like to kind of get personal again as we wrap up the conversation. And uh, I'd love to hear from each of you, what is the one thing that you know now that you wished you knew when you're getting things going in the beginning that's really helped you position your authority to be able to help more clients and have a business that you love? Oh man, that's a tough question, Jeremy. Um, I'm I'll let you. The I'll, I'll let you think about it for a second. <laughs> um, I think it, it's just in general, Melanie. Is um, what I always go back to when I think about how to catapult success, and success could mean in business, it could mean in health, it could mean anything. I always look at um, finding a mentor. So when I'm looking at different pieces of our business or whatever, it's health. Um, I feature the people who I want to be mentored by, you know, and start there. Even, even in my podcast, um, there was I, my, I have, as John said, I probably work too much and I don't sleep enough. And so one of my goals this past year was to sleep more. And so I had someone on my podcast who specializes in, you know, that part of health. 
and folk, and I had them on for that purpose. And so that's my advice to myself. And I have to remind myself is it's, I don't have to do it all myself. I need to hire people to help me, whether it's mentorship, coaching, and, and testament to what you do, Melanie, too. I mean, we all need someone to help us. And that could mean rolling up their sleeves and, and doing it, or it could mean just someone who's been there, done that, and could help us lay the roadmap for it. Hmm. So. Well said. And I would just say, you know, there's that saying, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together, something like that. I'm probably butchering it. But, you know, the, the biggest um, differentiator for us in our business in recent years, especially in the last year, has been building out a great team. We've got a team of 25 that's helping us you know, to, to do the work that we do. And, you know, what I love about the work that we're doing now is we're helping, it's a ripple effect because we're helping so many people to build life-changing relationships of their own. We're giving people, we're teaching them how to fish rather than giving a fish. We're showing them how to do it. And that's so moving, but we're doing, we couldn't have, have a 10th of the impact if we hadn't built the team and, and brought others to help us with that. And the first couple of years that I was an entrepreneur running my own business, I didn't do that at all. You know, I was doing it almost entirely all myself and I was afraid to let go of pieces. I was afraid to bring other people in and Jeremy's helped tremendously with that, you know, as we built out this team. So that would be my biggest wisdom would be, don't be as a fearful of building out a team and bringing other people so that you can drill down and focus on your superpowers and let others focus on their superpowers. That's been the biggest uh, insight for me in recent years. Sing into my heart there, John. I totally agree. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> can't, can't get, can't go very fast if we're doing it all alone. John, Jeremy, thanks so much for joining in today. And, you know, as we're wrapping this up, like I really hope as you're listening in, you see how powerful having your own podcast can be, uh, the reach it can have, the impact it can have. But remember that sometimes we don't even know who we're really inspiring when we put all this work into putting a podcast out. And it's knowing that you're inspiring and you're serving people that you probably will never meet, but you're making the biggest difference in their life. That is what powers me up to keep going with my podcast because every once in a while I meet someone at an event or someone will email in or write a testimonial or leave a review and say, that episode changed my life. Thank you. That is another payoff that sometimes I think we forget. So thanks That's guys. Awesome. And uh, look forward to uh, continuing to have amazing conversations and hearing about all the great uh, insights and breakthroughs you have as you implement what John and Jeremy shared today in the Amplify Your Authority community. See you all next week. Thanks for tuning in today, Amplifier. Be sure to join us right now in the Amplify Your Authority community at authorityamplifiers.com and I'll share my seven proven tips to be a highly paid expert that stands out in a crowded market. Plus, we're going to keep this conversation going and I want to hear from you how you're going to amplify your authority and make a greater impact. Before you go, please take a minute to give our show and our guests some love over on your favorite podcasting platform. Subscribe, rate, and review. Leave your full name and I'll spotlight you and your authority on social media. 